Heads, welcome to our podcast. I'm Jason, and I'm Cindy, and this is the Walking Dead cast episode 282. Man, I can't. We we started out the same way every time. I wonder if um, I feel like there's. It's good to have some r- routine. Yeah, people. that little bit that you just you know you've clicked on the right podcast. <laughs> hey, did you see the Walking Dead robot chicken thing? I did at least part of it. I don't know if I saw all of it because I saw it like clips on the internet. I uh-huh. didn't actually watch the show, um, so I don't know if I got you got to it watch not, it. It's thirty minutes, so I, the I, whole it's all Walking Dead for thirty yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, then yeah. I definitely need to check it out. I thought it was like you know little quick segments. There was like three different ones that I saw that were only a couple minutes each. No, no, you got to watch the whole thing. Um, okay, and uh, for listeners, it's free online at least right now. So. Uh, on uh, Adult Swim, so I'll put a link in the show notes. You got to check yes, it out. It's make it easier for so me. So funny. I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in the um, in the new segment. <clears throat> okay. But let's get into this week's episode. Attention shoppers! Deadcast top five in five, four, three, two. <laughs> Okay, it's our Deadcast Top 5 this week. It's our Top 5 Highlights for Season 3, Episode 14, El Matadero. So, what do you think? You're good good with those words. I don't know. (laughs) As far as we know. Better than I. Yeah. (laughs) You make it sound right, which I don't even do. So, I just sound like an idiot saying Hmm. nonsense words. Yeah, I mean, with those Spanish words, like living in California, everything is named, uh, even San Francisco, right? So you have right. to decide when to try the, the Spanish pronunciation. The, San Francisco, <laughs> it would be dumb if I would say, I'm from San Francisco every time. Uh, yeah, I would laugh at you a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, uh, what did you think of the episode? I thought it was good, mostly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's it? No, there are some really good things in there that we'll get to, and... um. Mm-hmm. And then there'll be the little nitpicky things that I'm going to pick at, like nice. I usually do. Like a scab. <laughs> and then, but overall, uh, it was enjoyable and um, had some good moments, and I liked it. Thumbs up. I, uh, last, you know, last week, that was, yeah, the one where Alicia had to kill everybody in the, <laughs> and, uh, I, I, you know, I thought, 
as we said that some things about that episode were really good and it had potential to be the best but some things just bugged me so much that it dragged it down this week i've really liked the episode i mean the worst i can okay. say about it is the there's one part that i just felt was just okay but there was nothing really wrong with it but um cool. I, it's one of my favorites of the whole okay. i know some people are going what because i saw a lot of complaining online but you'll uh, no, just, i'm not surprised by that but i think that's yeah. cool i'm glad that you liked it that much i, I really I'm did. interested to have to hear to everything you have to converse. say because that will make me like it that much more or disagree with me, which is fun too. Probably not, because it's usually when I'm when someone likes something more than I do, and they talk about it, I start realizing yeah. like, oh yeah, it was good. Yeah. Or, oh, I missed that. Oh yeah, you're right. That you know that was worthy of your praise. Well, you know what I've been skeptical of lately, but I've been really coming around to is eating brain stems. You should try it. Um, I have <laughs> questions about that, and later on in my list. <laughs> right. Okay, let's get into the list. What's your number five? Okay. So I'll just start with my my standard number five or number three when we're doing a top three. And it's usually um, the way it starts and the cold open. Like, Mm -hmm. again, they're killing it with the cold opens um, for me. Almost literally. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) Um, Just Ophelia falling off the truck before you realize why. Even before that reveal, just her falling off the back of the truck. (laughs) It was, I I remember at the end of the last episode, I was thinking, if that's any more than a five minute drive, that's going to be real uncomfortable riding (laughs) back there and somewhat unsafe. And so for them to start off with her falling off, I'm like, yep, there we go. (laughs) Right. You can almost, yeah. It's like, and it it was uh, pretty dramatic. I was like, did she jump? I, I missed, you know, I wasn't. Right, full right. attention. I mean, because it kind of happens so quickly yeah. and right at the beginning, you don't expect that. <laughs> yeah, and then You're kind of still settling in, getting your drink. <laughs> she's like, "I'm okay, I'm fine, I'm fine." <laughs> You'd yeah, think she would have gotten hurt a little bit more than that. Yeah, she fell off the back of a moving truck <laughs> onto concrete. Right. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought um, it was a great plot development to have her bitten. Yeah. Which actually, last week, one of the things was like, when that walker fell on her from the fan, that would have been an instance that most, you know, red shirts would be bitten instantly, whereas our heroes never are. And so the fact that she actually did get bit makes that probably right then, better huh? for me. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And um, it's also just very dramatic because they've been building up to her reunion with Daniel. So it's like, yeah, I rush well, of course, to get Daniel. <laughs> just like the Starks, we can never have a good reunion. I know. It is like the Starks. <laughs> it's that this whole development is very Game of Thrones. And when, you know, yeah. it happened, I was like, oh man, I hope she gets to see Daniel. Come on, Fear the Walking just- Dead. It'll suck. And of course, she dies about 30 seconds before he gets there. Like, as he's and still getting out of the car. <laughs> tragic. And uh, I kind of think it's Madison's fault because she was saying, oh, oh it's always my Madison's father fault. doesn't know know me or I don't know him. And Madison's like, no, no, they, you guys know it's it's fine. And then uh, Ophelia was sort of like, okay, okay. I, now I have permission to die happy. And then she lets herself die. <laughs> because of Madison <laughs> yeah but uh anyways that that's neither here nor there but um I, I actually came around to thinking yeah man this show's been really bleak lately and even and and that's what Game of Thrones does it builds up this desire in you for something to happen and then just chops it off I mean not anymore yeah. but that's what it always did up until this yeah. year <laughs> for a long time yeah so it's okay it's kind of delicious even though it's um mm-hmm. it's unsatisfying but in a in a, in a delicious way <laughs> yes I agree with you 100%. Yeah. 
Um, my things that were going through my head at that time, though, um, I was like, oh, damn, I knew she got bit. And then I said, this sucks. And my question was, which obviously will be resolved before we get there, but just as I'm watching it and I'm thinking, I'm like, mm-hmm. well, Daniel, I'm like, will Daniel believe that she was alive or will he think Madison lied to him just like stranded? And then I'm thinking, okay, you no longer need the deal to get all the water from the dam because all of your people back at the ranch are now dead. Mm-hmm. You're bringing Ophelia to Daniel and now this, and she might not make it. So really, what is your, like, do you need to go back to the dam? You've got your one water truck. Maybe don't go back to the dam at this <laughs> That's point. That's kind of what Strand's um, thinking. Right. And so that was my initial thinking. Was yeah. like, why are they still going there? Well, whether um, he be- would believe them or not, I-, I-, I give credit to the show for having Madison quickly explain what happened and right. Strand, I mean, uh, Daniel getting pissed off absolutely understandably like you better get away from me before I kill you I mean I almost thought he was like the Hulk like you wouldn't like me when I'm angry so you better (laughs) you know but but then coming around and because they're friends and saying okay okay come on so that just all seemed like very human and and reasonable um and like it might actually happen between people and and I can understand them wanting to go back to the dam because there's an endless supply of water and it's fortified and everything yeah, but I didn't know if the risk. It's of, a risk, yeah. <laughs> you know, Daniel not believing you yeah. and thinking that you just tricked him like stranded. I mean, um, oh, I was thinking too, like, oh shit! Last week we were like, oh, they they don't have anything to bargain with anymore. The you know most of the guns are gone, the all the supplies, and then but then I'm like, well, on the bright side, everyone's dead, so they don't need any water. <laughs> right. <laughs> Either. Yep. I just need a place to stay. Okay, my number five is codependence. When Alicia told Nick, uh, you don't owe me and you don't owe mom, you deserve to carve what you can out of this life. It just reminded me of this concept of codependency where in a Mm -hmm. relationship there's this unhealthy emotional dependence from one person onto the other to the point Mm -hmm. where they're it's toxic and they're clingy and they're expecting a lot of the other person but giving and not receiving and all this stuff often often Mm -hmm. drugs are involved so you could you could view madison's relationship with her kids in that way and um yeah right after nick told uh madison he couldn't get alicia to come back there was a funny line. She's like, where's Troy? He says, at the bar, freaked out by all the Mexicans. And then Madison's like, well, that's good because the more people we have, the safer. But she can't even complete this thought. She just breaks down because uh, Alicia's gone. And I thought that was a really good scene. And then yeah. she she turns to Nick. And I, I'm so glad you're here. I don't know what I would do without you. Without and all, you. all this. And you can see the weight of that. Just Nick's like, ah, oh, fuck. And, and, uh, she's just clinging on to him because now he's her only reason for living and i mean i was for some reason usually these days because i have kids i i look at these scenes from the view of a parent and i'm like you uh, you just selfish brat she's done everything for you but for some reason i was back to my teenage self in this going god get away let me have my own life you know that kind of feeling (laughs) so i kind of understood nick just being like fuck this man i i can't take it and alicia too like last week i was wondering why she went off on her own but this week she says something about surviving is killing me and you Mm -hmm. know she just doesn't want she took on so much responsibility at the 
ranch that now she's like, I can't take this anymore. I got to just be on my own. She's accepted that that could mean her death. And so for Nick and Alicia, it's like risking death is better than the way to being with Madison. Yeah. kind (laughs) of. (laughs) So, uh, uh, yeah, I just I just thought all that stuff was kind of interesting. I mean, the show is doing such a good job of making it making it, the subject is about how a family deals with the apocalypse. And I thought that sounded boring when I heard that tagline, but it's actually really interesting. I think it is, and especially it's a family that you know wasn't like leave it to beaver before the apocalypse you know it, it had all kinds of problems in its relationships yeah. before the apocalypse and now they're all they have so they have to deal with all of that yeah and all that stuff could potentially be na- magnified which you know when uh, when nick popped those pills and i'm going to talk more about that later but i'll just say yeah, it 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 felt like uh i don't know i, I you know this seems like it's going to be boring and predictable um but it made sense, you know, it's such a high pressure situation situation and he, he is an addict, so it would make sense that he'd go back to that when he needs to escape. <laughs> and it's funny that <laughs> he doesn't need the pills to escape the zombies. He needs it to escape his family troubles. The, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that's my number five. What's your number four? Um, so mine was Alicia, so kind of what you were talking about. Um, her on her own and in Nick you know, their conversation that you alluded to a little bit there. Um, I had questions about her last week and why you would go off. And I, I understood what she was saying. I understood what she was saying to Nick. And um, and I understand her reasons, but I still feel like in an apocalypse yeah, where you don't have like cell phones or, you know, easy way to keep in touch with the people you leave. Like that's the last thing you want to do is like even get separated in a mall because you might not ever find each other again. Right. I know. I mean, I think like my mom and I, oh, we're pretty much fine, you know, but we have our troubles. But I, I would I'm pretty sure that in the zombie apocalypse, all that would I wouldn't care. <laughs> we right. just want to stick together <laughs> and overcome it, you know. Yeah, yeah it is. And- I do think it's it's kind of ridiculous still. And also, how did has she really learned to survive on her own? I'm not 100% sure. I mean, she's killed a couple people. She's killed a couple yeah. walkers. But we're still so new into this. And, and, and does she? what does she know about, like, so even if you didn't have zombies or walkers in this apocalypse, just surviving, like, what to eat and what yeah. to drink and how to find water, how to, you know, how to live in the wilderness. I don't know that she has any of that knowledge. <laughs> she tells this Diana chick that there's water and game where she's going. And we know there's shelter, too, so there's a cabin. So I guess she figures she... She knows how to hunt. Um, I have I have no idea if this were me, and I would have no idea yeah. how to prepare something I hunted, like how to skin it and gut it. Like I would have no idea what to do with it if I killed it. I would I would be like Enid eating it raw. Okay, well, well wait, wait, let's go on vacation in the forests of Georgia or something, and we'll challenge ourselves to survive a weekend with just a okay. knife. Maybe we should sign up for um, Naked and Afraid. <laughs> how what how what is that? How does that work? Naked and Afraid. Yeah, it's that it's a show on Discovery or something, and they um, they're mostly people that try out for it do have a degree of survival skills, and they're just kind of testing themselves. They take it one guy and one girl who don't know each other, 
and put them out, you know, somewhere in a rainforest or in Africa or the desert or wherever. Uh-huh. Um, they've they've also used like, um, you know, the swamps of Louisiana. <laughs> um, you don't have any clothes and you just meet each other and you have to survive for 21 days. Wow. Um, and, and then find your way out to where the like rescue point is. Okay. And I guess if you're like on the brink of death, the producers will come in and... They do, and it's been done. People Save have you. been forced out. I'm done. You start yeah. screaming. They come in to check on <laughs> them if they've up. like burned. The, some of them, it's been like hypothermia oh, and stuff like Jesus. that. It gets so cold, and they're naked, and they don't have good shelter, and and but they're like unwilling to quit, and sometimes they have to come in and go. You, you're, okay. you're like on the brink of death. I have to take you out of here. Or they've eaten or drank something that was, you know, ended up making right. them sick. Um, Is there Wi-Fi at all? Then, well, they don't have Wi-Fi. Oh, then I, can't. I mean, I'm sure like I don't the think people I can on do it. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, yeah, that'd be oh interesting. God. I'm sure we'd last at least a day. I would just not want to be naked. I'm like, why do you have to be naked to do this? I don't understand. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, you know, and I was also wondering, is that a sexist thing to ask? Would would uh, Alicia does she know how to survive? But like you said, like me and no, you, but I know a little I bit of her background. Yeah. It wasn't say I wouldn't, I would even sex. think Nick might not because exactly. they're just, I mean, before the apocalypse, she was a suburban high school girl, yeah. you know, in high school preparing to go to college with good grades. I don't, uh-huh. I didn't see anything in her background that made her, made me think she was a survivalist. And now she's like able to calculate oxygen for 35. Yeah. And she's just well, see, that could that could be something like you know high math related I that guess. she did she did know in school, but I don't know that she if can she would have said skin it, a like, deer and eat it. Rain Man, you know, like uh, forty five, forty five, forty five, thirty two. Okay, well, we have one hour only and on Sundays. Minutes. Only on Sundays. Yeah. <laughs> Wapner. <laughs> okay. Anything else about? Um, uh, just in that scene. Um, in that scene, I did particularly like. Um, when she like forgave Nick and kind of set him free, I liked their their conversation. I liked his reaction, kind of non-reaction to that. And I felt that that sets up what comes for Nick later. And I also think that it carried over from the last episode, the story, like the story she was telling. And so I felt like the continuity without slamming it in our faces of, you know, her telling that story about Nick last episode, then her having this conversation with Nick where she forgives him. And then later what happens with Nick in this episode. I just, mm-hmm. I thought that was it. <laughs> He's like, I'm forgiven. Transition. That means I get to sin again. I didn't take it like that, but no. we'll get to that. Yeah. Well, my number four is, uh, I had originally called it drug relapse, but I changed it to adventures of Nick and Troy. <laughs> <laughs> the bromance. Yeah. And uh, at first when uh, he took those pills, like I said, I thought, uh, I I was hoping we wouldn't go down this path. Me too. I had the exact same reaction. Yeah. But as it developed, it became my favorite part of the episode. Me too. (laughs) I mean, first of all, him openly taking the drugs in front of Troy. He's just like, fuck it. I don't care what Troy thinks. That that was kind of, I mean, let me be clear. I I felt disappointed in Nick, just like probably everybody else and like all the people in his life. And I felt like kind of codependent. Ah, like I trusted Nick and now this, (laughs) damn you. But I'll still keep coming back. Did you scuff your foot on the floor? Yeah. Oh man, I looked up (laughs) to you, Nick. But uh, it was so enjoyable to watch. And, um, you know, I, in particular, I thought Troy and Nick kind of switched places because back at the ranch, 
Troy was in charge and knew the lay of the land and everything. And he was the boss kind of now he's all anxious about, he's like a lost boy. And in this place for like, there's three different like Mexicans things that he doesn't yeah. like. <laughs> and Nick navigates this place masterfully. I, I yeah. think he, he knows how to talk to people and to find things out. And it's like the seedy underbelly of probably LA where he was before. Right. And, he holds the hands of this cute server girl when he's asking for uppers. And so Troy has to navigate the strange landscape of the bazaar and then the even stranger landscape of the drug trip, which Nick is a master of, and then mm-hmm. the the guts. So all of that, mm-hmm. you know, the zomb- wading into a herd of zombies. And I love that Troy seemed reluctant, but then he just says, fuck it, and eats the um, brainstem anyway. Yeah. And then later he's like kind of smiling, but he's like, I think I'm having a heart attack. And Nick says, don't fight it. It makes it worse. Just ride with it. And Troy's like, what do you mean ride with it? This is just like another Tuesday for you, huh? Uh, I, you know, I'm going to go ahead and be forthright and say that I totally know what this is like. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> because uh, I've, you know, I've done a few things in my life and um, I know I've had some experiences and I know that uh, in mm-hmm. this is kind of, I've never eaten a brainstem, but um, I have not either. Yeah. But you, you just, let me just say, Nick is absolutely right. If you ever find yourself having eaten a brainstem, just ride with it, <laughs> ride, ride with it out. It. Don't try to fight it or you'll have a, it's like, um, you'll be ripping yourself apart. You just have to treat it like you're on a surfboard and ride that wave and know that, mm-hmm. that it's going to end at some point and you'll be fine. <laughs> or you won't but you don't uh, have a choice in the yeah, matter so I mean, you don't but why it'll fight just, it yeah it'll just be a lot better for everybody involved if you just <laughs> try not to fight it <laughs> so um also let's see what else uh, I, I was thinking you know hey what happened to just coincidentally in this episode i was like what happened to Nick's addiction to the danger of being around the zombies, you know, that right? was a theme in last season. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, then I thought, oh, you know, this might sort of explain his connection with Troy, too, because he he's an adrenaline junkie and Troy yes. is unpredictable and dangerous. So that's another reason yes. why that I have. I don't remember ever having realized why Nick likes being around Troy. But then he does the gut thing again. Hey, rub this all over yourself. It's great. And <laughs> I, I just love that scene. And Troy's like, yes. well, what the fuck is happening? I, I kind of like it, but I'm scared. <laughs> <laughs> so it was just just so much fun to watch. And then all the effects of the echoey music in the background. And mm-hmm. Nick is high as fuck, but he's uh, <laughs> kind of um, enjoying it. And it just reminded me of Burning Man and all this stuff. And Yeah. Uh, and, and then when he goes into, I mean, this is backtracking a little bit, but he goes into talk to the dude and he says he wants uppers and the guy this was where it was a little bit unrealistic the guy has never met him before and he pulls out his whole stash and you know right. Nick and it, it, he mentions he has amphetamines and then he just pulls out like the, this exotic brainstem which we assume is from a person because he says let's say pigs Mm-hmm. And uh, it's like, would you really? I mean, the, the the cliche is, you know, the first one's free and then you'll keep coming right. back. Would you really give away a human brainstem to somebody? Yeah. That seemed a little bit much, but whatever. Yeah. I don't think Nick really has anything to trade anyways. Yeah. So they had to figure out a way to get that brainstem in his yeah. fillet. <laughs> and also I did look that up and I saw this article that says that's bullshit. You know, oh, good. But um, I hope I, people don't go around trying it. Yeah. 
<laughs> don't try that at home. But I didn't uh, read the article. I just saw, I just kind of skimmed it and it said, you know, that that couldn't really happen. It kind of reminded me of the spiders in Lost that froze Nikki and Paolo. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that I looked that up and that wasn't real either, but they just throw shit in sometimes. It's not? Nope. At least according oh. to the internet. Okay. <laughs> Mind blown. So what did I like not leave out anything that you were thinking about um, all that stuff? No, I was a, I was thinking a lot of the same thing. Like when he first was tempted by the drug, I had actually been thinking the last couple of episodes, you know, I guess Nick's completely over the drugs because he's never even having like what seems like, you know, withdrawal sy- symptoms or being sick or just being wanting it or being on edge. It's like completely just gone. And then here he is after I would guess overcoming so much of it that I thought he had you know that tempted that quickly and I was really disappointed in him and like uh but upon you know further seeing how the rest of the episode goes and then watching it a second time um I think you're right when it was you know kind of uh, Alicia forgiving him but then also releasing him and then when Madison greets him and it's like you know thank God I have you what would I do with I don't know what I would do without you just that weight coming back onto him mm-hmm. might have been what kind of put like uh you know like everything that's just happened over the past couple of days and now I'm here back here without my sister and my mom needs me and just all that weight he can't stand to be like the one thing the pillar of yeah this relationship and you know all said and done i do feel like i i understand that feeling but fucking suck it up nick you know that's that's right that's the end of end of it don't don't go back and be a a druggy addict but as far as like interesting storytelling and even believability i do believe because addicts all the time they have several years clean and then they'll yeah i know i mean i know they could be tempted i just was kind of like oh let's not go down this road initially but i I do like where the rest of the episode goes with them and everything Mm -hmm. you mentioned with him and troy and so i'm definitely glad that it went that way and it did bring back the memory or whatever of realizing um that him walking amongst the walkers are a high for him Mm -hmm. um it just had the feel of i remember when i went to um grad school in boston and one night me and my buddy doug we were just drinking you know i mean it's all drugs caffeine's drug alcohol's drug but we were just drinking and we we just go into the seediest part of town and 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 explore and i I understand that um desire for a little danger a little going into the unknown and being on the edge like we went into this uh chinese restaurant where we heard in Boston, at least at that time after midnight, they weren't allowed to serve alcohol anywhere or something in restaurants. But we ordered mm-hmm. cold tea and they'd give you a pitcher of uh, tea pitcher filled with beer. Oh. And then I remember just feeling like it was a seedy place. And I walk into the bathroom and there's like three guys pissing into the sinks. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, I guess that doesn't sound very appealing, does it? No, no, not <laughs> at all. No, not at all. But we used to just well, go to you know crazy places to feel you are alive. Crazy. I guess I know. No, I wouldn't do that. Um, I don't do that anymore. My, so I, much. my thought process was because, like you, I've also in my past have done several things. Maybe mm-hmm. not the same things you, but. Um, understanding you know what was going on in this episode and the feeling and stuff but also 
I could say on the one hand where he'd be like, you know, I'm in the apocalypse. There's no reason for me not to do drugs now because I don't have to worry about like getting fired from my job or, <laughs> you know, like all the things you might worry about in real life, being, you know, going to prison, getting, you know, whatever, DUI. Now you're in the apocalypse. It just doesn't fucking matter. Do all the drugs you want. And if they end up killing you, so what? You're in the apocalypse, yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, but then on the other hand, I remember for me, I'm the kind of person who doesn't like to do things um, out in public and in like groups yeah. of people, uh, definitely groups of people who aren't all doing the same place. thing. Yeah. I like to be just in my house. Sure. I get super paranoid. And so I don't know if in the apocalypse is where I'd want to have an altered state of mind Absolutely. because, yeah. you know, you never know what's about to happen, whether it's bad people or, or a horde of walkers. And I don't know if I'd be able to handle it or properly save myself. Yeah, it could be a total worse uh, worse nightmare than just being around walkers yeah. is being high around them <laughs> to to most people because mm -hmm. you don't have your faculties but um no. it, you just made me think of something like i think alicia and and nick are almost well they're they're very similar because they want to just be independent right now but alicia wants to figure out a way to live life to the fullest like she's on this thing about not living out of fear and and she wants to really just experience you know what did she say uh to nick hold on I have it here um yeah I'm you don't you, wrote it down. you don't deserve remember. to carve what you can out of this life and i mm -hmm. think that's what she's trying to do right now nick on the other hand is trying to escape life you know yeah. he he what did he say uh oh he said you know, the sad thing is you'll never never feel freer or more yourself when it's 5 a.m. and you're out of your mind. Everything else is just lunch or people's disappointment. So oh, yeah. I guess they're both just trying to f separate themselves from their mom, basically, and, and be their own person. And but the but, you know, what you said, I mean, the way Nick's doing it, if you just um, if you go extreme with drugs, they're going to consume you and, and destroy you. And you're just going to be a husk of a person, you know? So it's playing with fire. That's what I think. And, um, yeah. and so, and some people can only do extreme. They can't experiment or just try to do a little, you know, even like just say alcohol, you know, you can have a drink every now and then, but some people they can't have any because they'll just go on a bender and end up on the street. <laughs> Well, and that's what I wondered, too, at first, if he was just kind of like almost testing himself of, you know what, I I did overcome this and I'm not dependent on drugs anymore. Maybe I could do one just for I feel like it today. Yeah, I guess we'll find out next week. huh? I yeah. mean, I hope we don't just have. Well, we'll see. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Well, I mean, that's what I thought when he mm -hmm. first took it, but not once he was like drinking on top of it, trying to get Troy to join him, going to the place to get brain stems then i was like okay it wasn't yeah <laughs> i mean that first pill he took i don't even i guess it was a painkiller i don't yeah. even know yeah he's just whatever he can get his hands on <laughs> well he was left there with um uh ophelia and the painkillers were for her and he told madison to go out and get a breath of fresh air and the little baggie was just there all right where are we is it um, oh, one last thing i wanted to say about that i was were you surprised or did i miss something when when nick first started to get you know, try to get Troy to drink with him. And Troy was like, I don't drink. Well, then Nick's like, what do you mean you don't drink? And he was like, I think he, what he was saying is, I don't trust this place. 
because ah, it's all okay. Mexicans. Yeah. So he wanted to keep his faculty giant racist. Yeah. And then, yeah, you know, what else was him. really curious about that was about the uh, quesadilla. And mm-hmm. he's like, what is this? And she says, quesadilla, sesos. And he goes, well, I know what a quesadilla is, but what's sesos? And she pointed at her head and said something in Spanish, zombies, it sounded like. Yeah, I thought I heard zombies too. That's in my notes. Did she? Yeah. Did the waitress say zombie? I think so. And that means that this, as far as I know, is the first time in Walking Dead or Fear the Walking Dead TV that that word has been uttered. Yeah. And uh, it has in the comics a few times, but Kirkman has been on record saying that there are no zombie movies in the Walking Dead universe, but there could still be the concept of zombies, maybe like Haitian or... Voodoo. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That maybe the Mexican culture has some sort of like... Um, yeah. Like a boogeyman that right. they know of that's a zombie, but the Americans, that's not their lore yet. Yeah, yeah, it could be something like that too. But that was pretty, pretty. Int- I, I, I want to know exactly what she said. I, I put it up on our Facebook, but nobody oh, answered you? Good. yet. Yeah. So we'll see. Darn it. Get on it, people. <laughs> Tell us. So what's if your... we don't know by time this podcast goes to air, <laughs> you are all in trouble. All y'all, especially the Spanish speaking ones. It's your turn. Oh, okay. Is it? Okay. My number three yeah, is uh, Ophelia and Daniel. You ah, that's my next one. Yeah, well, you you talk because I've been talking okay. too much. So I'll start. So I just put, um, you know, I, I started with the, o- the Ophelia opening sequence as my number five, but my number three is the the death and reuniting scene, um, Madison Ophelia's last moments together. While it was like it sucks so bad that she died right before Daniel gets there, but kind of in the back of my head, I knew that that might be what happens. Yeah. Um, but their Ophelia Madison's last like little conversation about Daniel, I really liked a lot. Um, and when Ophelia first kind of, I guess died, I, you know, had thought maybe she might have just passed out. I was like, couldn't she last one more minute? And when Daniel first, I thought she was going to kill him. Well, first when Daniel first went to her and he was like trying to wake her up, I thought she might almost wake up. And they'll have a quick goodbye. Um, but then when he was hugging her, mm-hmm. I was waiting for her eyes to open. I just kept waiting. I was like, they're, they're, I thought they were building to that. I'm like, they're, they're, her they eyes were are teasing about to open. us. Her eyes were about to open. Yeah. And they didn't. Um, they were te- They were messing with I'm us glad that that didn't. I'm, it, it, I'm glad that that didn't happen. It was a good. Yeah, me too. I mean, it was a double. It, 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 sometimes I like how the show can function on two emotional levels because it was like, shit, dude, uh, she might kill you right now you better not get yeah. so close and also oh my god this is incredibly sad the, the, here's yeah. the main character the daughter of this other main character he's holding her dead in his arms and he's so sad you know and it's such a roller coaster of emotions because yeah. first you think she's dead then you think she's not then you think you're gonna be reunited with her then you miss her by 30 seconds and she is dead and it's just that's a, that's quite a roller coaster and to go through i had this third emotion of just being so self-satisfied because i had predicted that she would be the one to go <laughs> <laughs> yep, you win. Um, but then also, kind of the the fallout or the aftermath between Daniel and Madison, and like you had mentioned already, kind of not necessarily him forgiving, but him just ta- realizing what the real situation is, and now we need yeah. to move forward. Come on, yeah. By not us. killing her, that was his way of saying, "Okay, fine." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you better get away. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, and then, then them at the end and bringing her and everyone else too um, yeah I like that arc 
Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Of the three um, storylines, we'll say Nick and Troy, Ophelia and Daniel, and then Alicia. There's some stuff with Madison too, but I like the Nick and Troy best, but this Ophelia Daniel is pretty powerful too. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just nice because it's, these are people who before, you know, didn't know each other before the apocalypse. The apocalypse, we're not that far into it. I have to keep reminding myself that we're not as far into it as we are in Walking Mm -hmm. Dead proper, that it is just the first couple of months. Um, I guess I think there's even debate online about whether or not this is when Rick wakes up. Is this? right before Rick wakes up? Is it when Rick wakes up? Is it a little bit after Rick wakes up? You know, um, somewhere around that point, I guess. I read somewhere somebody said uh, at, at the end of season one and going into season two is, is about where we're at right when now. Rick woke up? No, no. That's oh, oh, okay. About I, where I'm we're not, at with fear. Other way. Yeah, yeah. I gotcha. Um, but them not knowing each other and then how much they've been through in such a yeah. short time and how strongly that seems to bond at least like Madison, Strand, and Victor, these three people who have mm-hmm. nothing in common. I get it, man. do not know each other, do not You go to camp for two weeks. And oh, I know. You really, and so going through a tragedy. Yeah, I know. I'm not, but I think, I, they're, I think their acting of it just is phenomenal. Yeah. You know, that we're all invested in it with them. Which with is each good, other. yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. I'm so heartbroken about some of the stuff coming up in the news uh, the, about the direction oh, no. of the show. I'll, oh, <laughs> but I'll save no. it. <laughs> it might yeah, be bad. We'll see. Anything right. else about that? I was just, well, I was just going to say is, you know, my biggest complaint previously before was that I just didn't care about these characters. And now I truly care about many of the characters. Yeah. I know, huh? That's a good, good feeling. Um, How all right. Get ruined. Well, that my number three was that, and so was yours. So now it's my turn again. Number two is um, some more stuff with Alicia. So first off, I I really liked the whole fast food burger scene when she oh, jumped too. in that ball pit. I was like, <laughs> there better be some kid zombies in there, and then she gets pulled under, and I was oh, like, yeah, was and I was hoping there would be about ten more, uh, right? But just well, one. When, so when the scene first started and they showed that play area, I was like, I actually wrote down thinking they weren't because we didn't see one right away that then they weren't going there. So I was like, man, they should have had some kid walkers in that play thing. And then they did. (laughs) There's a little stirring and then she gets pulled under, even though it's kind of ridiculous for her to get jerked under like that. It was a good effect. Or that it wouldn't have started stirring earlier when she first started getting in the ball pit. Um, But that's, was one of my favorite parts too yeah and then even the zombies walking towards the door i don't know Mm -hmm. if this is true but it feels like the zombies in fear the walking dead are a little more like traditional really skewed arms akimbo and a zombie and i i love seeing that and just kind of broken stick figures yeah exactly good good description and then diana this pickaxe woman comes in and um uh, you know uh, that standoff in particular when uh, with the potatoes was was pretty tense but this was for me the least interesting for one thing she seemed like she stepped right out of the walking dead proper 
Um, not because she people have been calling her a fear of the walking dead Michonne and that's just because she's black but she could be any character off the walking dead because she has her signature weapon the pickaxe like Daryl's yeah. crossbow Rick's python Michonne's katana yeah. Ezekiel's tiger um, and she's a badass and it just felt like to me she stepped right out of the walking dead and one of my favorite things about fear of the walking dead now is that it dif- differentiates itself by seeming a little yeah. more real world so I didn't like that. It was okay. I mean, it was fine. Well, I liked it and didn't like it. I'm going to be wishy-washy as I seem to be yeah. all the time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But I, I liked it. I liked getting a new character, especially since we've we've lost a couple. Yeah. So I was like, yes, a new character. And I thought she was an awesome character. Um, but I do see what, what you're saying. I, I feel like she almost walked off the pages of the comic. Mm-hmm. Um, and... My only complaint about it is that, again, we're not as far into the apocalypse. So would she have been formed to who she is in the apocalypse already? Like, would right. she already have her favorite weapon and be on her own and, you know, know what she's doing? And or she'd be a little bit more fearful and sneaky about entering the restaurant just like anyone else that's like two months in or whatever yeah. it is. Or she sees this girl with a gun pointed right at her and she has right. the confidence to just walk right up to her. No, people are <laughs> killing people in this world. You know, they're not hesitating. They're This is the apocalypse. You don't know what she's come across before. There's no police to come and arrest her. So there's you don't have that keeping you from doing yeah. it. Um, it almost makes me wonder if Gimple's already having his, his influence say. on this show. <laughs> it felt very Gimple to me. It kind of did. <laughs> Which I love. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I I want The I Walking know. Dead to stay just as larger than life as it is, but um, fear needs to differentiate itself. Yeah, yeah. What's your uh, number two? Would be my number one. Okay, yeah, number one. Yeah, it's it's Alicia in the ball pit in the burger joint. Um, I you know like I had already said that I had written down before it continued on that it would be cool if there was a kid zombie in the play thing and there was I liked the way that they did that it was almost like you know a like a shark attack from below <laughs> and pulled her under I don't know how big that ball pit is how deep it is mm-hmm. um I I don't know if I would have gone into the jungle gym and ball pit to hide in the first place Maybe that was if you're risky like, to me yeah but, but you got to think fast you know yeah and I felt like okay if she's under those balls and if the walkers do come in they're going to meander around for a little while they might go straight through I doubt that they'd end up in the the kid gym area where she is but would they all clear out or how long would they be meandering in there and she'd be stuck in that ball pit so those are the things that get stuck in my mind when i'm looking for a hiding place i also want an escape route not a trap yeah yeah (laughs) totally yeah because if she if uh uh diana hadn't come in and saved her and let's say there even wasn't a zombie in the ball pit. So it was like she originally thought that she was just going to hide there and hope the, zo- the other zombies coming in would pass just by. Keep, yeah. And she would just have to duck down. and Or she had a gun, too, so she could have just kill them, killed them all, I guess. Well, I don't know how many bullets she has. Right. But if she didn't have enough bullets, she would just have to duck down and hope that they would pass by and not smell her out or yeah. something. <laughs> yeah. Okay. My number one is pretty short, but just a little bit about uh, Strand that I was glad to see him kind of losing it over, you know, she he was mad at her for giving away half the guns just to keep Ophelia alive. Yeah. And she's doing that out of honor, but also it makes strategic sense to because they want to shack up with Daniel Um, and Strand 
knows Daniel doesn't like him and is dangerous. So he's like, oh, I don't, I don't like this. And uh, he's been so calm and collected. So it was nice to see him kind of lose it a little bit. I like that. I agree. Um, notes. Um, the only two notes is I liked Madison getting like Taka's approval um, to give Ophelia the peace and that he yeah. was, he wanted to continue with the plan so that Daniel could possibly see his daughter, but even if not have her mm-hmm. to bury and to mourn, even if that meant, you know, his own life, um, that he felt like that was the right thing to do. The thing I liked and did not like about that is I've been thinking, you know, Kalataka just lost all his friends and there's barely any acknowledgement of it and his friends right. and family. And he says, yesterday, I lost everything I've ever known. I was raised on loss, thought I was good at it. And I'm like, oh, good. Finally, he's acknowledging that, hey, he's suffering too here. Right. But it was within the context of advising um Madison on yeah like you just said that Ophelia should be able to see her dad so I, th- I feel like he's just getting a little bit of a short shrift this would be a yeah. good opportunity to raise him up a little bit you know but maybe mm-hmm. they're going to kill him next week so it doesn't matter <laughs> I don't know no I agree and then the only other note that I have is more splitting up when um Troy and uh, Nick, don't go with Madison and Strand. Yeah. And I'm just like, ah, <laughs> stop splitting up. And Madison, I, I wondered, I mean, she was obviously very hurt right after she just told Nick, oh, you're the only thing that's keeping me going. And then he's like, well, I, I'm not going to stay with you. But uh, I also <laughs> thought maybe she could see by the way he was acting that he he had been high. Right. Maybe. I don't know. But one sure. good thing is that they all seem to know where each other are. Yeah. So hopefully they don't then make a move without somehow sending a raven or something to let them know they're moving on. (laughs) I do like this bizarre too. It's really interesting. It is. This episode almost felt like it could have been a season ender to me with the way everybody split up. It could have. It could have been. But we got two more. I know. Both next week. Yeah. I wonder wonder how it's going to. I think we're going to have Lucy Hinney on with us. Oh, you know her from that... Scotland? I love her. Yeah, so I think she's going to be on next week. I can't wait. Cool. All right, take a little break. There's more to come. Stay with us. Do you want to get high? Don't need no dinner tonight. Don't want to get high. I took a road trip to Mexico and scored a hundred pounds. Do you want to get high? threat to untold numbers of citizens the people he kills get up and kill are they slow moving chief yeah they're dead they're all messed up this is a walking deadcast news update all right time for the news first there's a lot of news this week because new york comic con just happened and yeah i wish i was there have you ever gone no i'd be Ah. excited to go duncan was there i don't know if he got to go to the walking dead panel though yeah, some of our, our fellow core people for Walker Soccer Con were there as well. Oh, cool. Yeah, maybe we should all go sometime. Well, yeah. this is the big news of the week. I'm going to lead off with it. At New York Comic Con, Robert Kirkman said, 
there are two Walking Dead shows. One character is going to go from one show that I will not name and appear on another show that I will not name. We finally got into a place with Fear the Walking Dead where we can play with some things. So crossover confirmed. Yep. I think it's what I've been saying for two years now. Who's that? The Morales family. Oh, they're going to show up in L.A. So wait a minute. Now, that would mean because... LA fear is before is in the time frame before walking dead. So yeah. that would mean that we would see them before we met them maybe, or yeah, I, mean, I well, don't think left. that can happen. Well, they left the group way back in the first oh, season when the group, true. when they leave the quarry. Yes, you're right. We're probably past that by now. Yeah, that could be them. They got across the country, maybe kind of quick, but Hey, if you can go from uh they're Mexican, where, right? I was going to say, if you could go from where Daenerys is up to north of the wall as fast as she goes. Interesting. (laughs) They can ride a dragon. Um, Yeah, I didn't I didn't think about that. You could be right. Uh, This this has been denied by Kirkman, Scott Gimple and and, uh, I know fear show. But I guess they changed their mind. They changed their mind. And uh, a source confirmed to Entertainment Weekly that the shows will converge at some point next year. So. Wow. Either on, we don't know if it's going to be from fear to the walking dead. It could be that way or it could be the reverse. And which I just don't uh, know how you can go from fear to the walking dead unless fear catches way up. No, no, no. Here's what could happen. I mean, I don't, I think this would be awesome, but I don't necessarily think this is going to happen. But you see, you know, badass Tobias. Uh, Oh. Who has, you know, in the intervening years changed somewhat okay and he shows up on on the walking dead <laughs> okay. or luciana i don't know mm-hmm. how they could make their way over there or um kim dickens has said that madison could be related to daryl but i it doesn't seem to me like it could be a main character you know right they can't steal them from their show i was wondering if there was someone from the walking dead who could have been in california earlier maybe negan like what if Everyone's well, or like wanting, Abraham's mm, army, they came from Texas. Yeah, maybe they were somewhere before Texas. That could be interesting. Like I, but with, with Negan, everyone's Eugene been saying or? they want to know his backstory. So I wonder if they would right. tell that on Fear the Walking Dead. Do you? It, that was part of the news. Alex, yeah, this is the news right now. We're no, do you have? It. Do you have the the, the Negan here's, thing? The here's Negan. Oh no, comic no. that's coming out as part of the news. Well, yeah. Let me let's talk about that next. But just okay. lastly, um, it could also be a new character. And uh, you know, I think th- I was like wondering, do I like this? Because I kind of liked that they kept saying they weren't going to do a crossover. But sure, why not? I mean, I'm curious to see what'll happen. <laughs> it's just one character, so could be cool. Uh, I don't have it in the news, but you reminded me. So they've been doing this. Uh, serial called here's Negan it's part of the image plus magazine so to get you to buy their magazine they put a four-page part of Negan's backstory in every issue they did it for I think 16 months and it told Negan's backstory Mm -hmm. I didn't read it yet but now they've compiled into a hardcover right yep or some sort of bound is it out or not I think it came out on the 7th okay I want to check it out yeah, so you can probably find that somewhere. Google I've read it. it because I've been reading it as it's been coming out. Oh, is it good? Don't tell me any spoilers, but 
yeah, no, it's good. It's and you know, it's shorter than a regular comic. So waiting in between and really only reading a few panels at a time, I'm interested to go back now and read it all mm-hmm. over again from start to finish instead of over the course of a year. Yeah, me too. I want to read it. Next, at New York Comic Con, Scott Gimple talked about what his input has been on Fear the Walking Dead in season four, and this gives clues to how I think that it will change. So the showrunners are Goldberg and Shambliss. I forgot their first names, but um, Gimple says, I'm sort of their Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know? We work out the narrative together. They're taking the ball and running with it, and then I jump in to help them with all things Walking Dead from production stuff to the narrative stuff. I'm pretty deeply involved, but they're absolutely the showrunners. They're the Luke Skywalkers. I'm just the old broken down Jedi in the cloak. Then he says, the number one thing I'm doing is helping those guys move the story in new directions and take all the great stuff from fear and play it out in directions that link up with how the comic tells stories. You know, these bigger than life iconic characters and these real life grounded human emotions. That's been my job for the past seven years. And it's not like there hasn't been that, but I think there's been some more opportunities to do that. So to me, that says we're going to make the show just like The Walking Dead. Ugh. Yeah. Which has been my concern and complaint for a long time now is just, you know, spreading the storylines over two shows. And now if you're making the shows in tone and texture right. similar, why why do we have two shows? Right. That's how I feel. And you know what? I'm going to try to keep an open mind, of course, and I, probably I podcast on this and maybe it'll be amazingly great. But just hearing this m- makes my heart feel heavy. <laughs> like no it was like you know it's been uneven this season but it's there's so much it's so much great stuff where at points it had me feeling like it was even better than the main show and just more importantly different and interesting in different ways yeah so potential and i don't know all right next so um at Walker Strucker, Philadelphia, where Cindy and I just were recently, uh, there was a panel with Lori Holden, Irony Singleton, and Scott Wilson, and they were asked what they would have changed about their characters' exits, and if they liked their exits. Irony said he would have been not dead, <laughs> which was pretty funny. <laughs> and then Lori Holden, Andrea, said she thought her character's exit was utter nonsense. Quote, I think the departure from the book, Andrea, to the screen was a mistake. I mean, it's not like I couldn't pull it off. Now, some people are critical of her for being so negative, um, but um, I, she said the same thing at a con last year at a panel I was moderating, and it got into the yep. news, too. And I think that's just because, oh, anytime the news hears anything negative, they, it's exciting, and so they, they, they print it. But I, I respect her for being honest and not saying yeah. some bullshit answer that's not true. You know, It's not like she volunteered it randomly. She gave an honest answer to a direct question, so I think that's great. She didn't like yeah, it. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> I wouldn't have liked it either. Yeah. Next, Seth Gilliam at Entertainment Weekly, they asked him about Gabriel getting negative responses and even death threats from fans uh, because of his character. He said, at first it was a little uncomfortable because every actor wants to be appreciated for what they're doing, even guys who play bad guys. Yeah, you want to dislike the bad guy, but you want to like the actor because he's making you dislike the bad guy. And for a while, I felt the lines were kind of blurred because it was so personal. And it was like, well, wait, I didn't write these lines. This isn't me improvising on set. This is the way the plot is going. So it took a little getting used to, and I had to take a little distance the actor love me, love me, love me thing that I think all actors have. I had to kind of put that on the back burner and realize I still had a job to do whether I was being loved or not, which is kind of hard because I think everybody wants to be loved. I think 
actors Nobody wants to be hated that's for sure actors particularly want to be loved <laughs> and i always say i just i, I wanted to include this because it's another opportunity to say i totally respect especially these guys who will play a, a unlikable and he's more likable now but an unlikable character and really throw themselves yep. into it and not need to be mr cool all the time <clears throat> daryl i agree i agree and it's one thing it's one thing if you're like the villain the villains are always yeah loved and hated love and to liked. hate kind of thing yeah, yeah it's the people that aren't necessarily villains but just are doing things you don't like or things you wouldn't do or just or don't respect even yeah, yeah. and but they're still playing it it's an actor playing a character so i think that's when it, it gets hard because then you're not like when Lori was disliked and yeah. andrea was disliked andrea, and yeah Seth, or uh yeah lizzie or yeah michael trenora nicholas yeah. yeah um i think they all did even fabulous eugene drops. now yeah, I mean, yeah. people turn on people fast, too. I know, I know. Dang. If you're not a hero and a badass, then fuck the actor that plays that guy. <laughs> right? <laughs> Trenor handles it the best. He's my favorite. I love when we have him at our con. Yes. I'll never forget, at the first, at, at, it was at Atlanta after um, you thought he, you know, after he died and you thought that he caused Glenn's death and we don't yet know that Glenn is not, Oh, sorry. These are spoilers if you're not caught up in the walking <laughs> nah, dead. everybody is. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> um, but I remember he did Sictionary for us. Um, and he walked out on the stage and the audience booed him. And he took a huge bow and he just said, thank you, which was yeah, the name of that episode. Right. And he won everybody over yeah. instantly. They all loved him the rest of the convention. And it was like, that's all it took. I yeah. love him. And when I did a panel with him... Um, pretty soon after he got Noah killed um I uh there were people chanting in the audience yeah. you know you're you're a jerk or I forget what it was but um <laughs> I was like totally just building him up and you know saying what I just said how I totally admire actors who yeah. play these roles and then I put up on the screen a picture of him that somebody uh, one of our I forget who somebody took Showing him pointing at a TV screen where yeah. Noah was, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Noah, yeah, was being eaten, and he was just laughing. Ha ha ha! <laughs> I um, I was with you on that panel. No, I was just me and well, we've done a couple. Yeah. Oh, you must have done it in a couple because yeah, we did yeah, it yeah. once with both of both of them. Um, yeah, that with was both really of fun. them. Called it Revolving Door Brothers. Yes. <laughs> um, he's got a Trenor has a good sense of humor. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. The way he handles it is he doesn't, he's not sheepish or, or um, apologetic or even angry. He's just thankful and has fun with it. And that yeah. quickly wins people over. It's kind of a it shame does. he even has to do that, but right. he does but it well. That's part of his personality though, too. He's, yeah, totally. He's a funny guy. So uh, let's see. Maybe I should try to get him on sometime. It'd be fun. Oh, yeah. Cast members told Entertainment Weekly what their first day of shooting was like, and I really liked Andrew Lincoln's. He said, it was the shootout, you know, from the pilot. It was on the roadside. It was uh, throwing down the roadblock. And I think John Bernthal was terrified because I was driving and he knew that I had only spent three weeks in the country <laughs> and I was still driving on the left-hand side of the road. <laughs> And I had to brake 60 to 70 miles per hour and then put the brakes on. John Bernthal is not a man that gets scared often. And after about the third take, he just went, Andy, Andy, please slow down. 
<laughs> and then he also said, I remember just dripping in sweat and everybody seeing the rushes apparently, and it just looked like we were in a shower. So the execs from AMC came down and said, where's the makeup? And they all came in suits. And within about three minutes, they just went, okay, there's no makeup on this show. It's too hot. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Like that. As they melted. Uh, I mentioned the Walking Dead robot chicken special. I, I, I have a list of my favorite parts, but I don't think I'm going to read it because it would be spoilery for people who haven't seen it. But just know that it's really funny and uh, almost all the jokes hit really well. And many of the actors. As soon as we are done. Yeah. Well, a lot of the actors voice their characters Andrew Lincoln, Norman Reedus, JDM, no way. Denai Guerrera, Melissa <sighs> McBride, Lauren Cohan, Stephen Young. Rooker was one of the best. He has. I wonder a scene. how much fun they had. I I know it seemed like a lot of fun, and there's a scene of Merle singing this soulful song about being a racist, mi- misogynist, anti-Semitic <laughs> drug addict, <laughs> and apparently Michael Rooker was like reluctant to do it because he said he can't sing, and Aww. so they had him just do it line by line, and it turned out really good. And they told him, "Oh, you're you're great. It's a great singer. It was just beautiful." And he he said, "I still think they're just goofing with me." So <laughs> that was kind of funny. He's like. Oh, insecure Rooker. about his singing <laughs> and then uh let's see a couple more for the first time bear mccreary's original score for the walking dead is going to be released on you know released he curated a soundtrack that cherry picks his favorite pieces as well as several highly requested fan favorites from the whole of the series he says when we started discussing the first season we agreed that drama action and horror would be felt more intimately if the score were used only in pivotal scenes and that it should be written with tonal clarity. This approach allowed me to create big emotional impacts with sparse musical gestures. So that's digitally and on CD on October 20th and on vinyl on the 27th. It's kind of cool. And then lastly, this one is a little spoilery about Walking Dead season eight. Scott, not much, but a little Scott Gimple. So if you don't like that, you should move to the next section. But Scott Gimple told Entertainment Weekly, when death came to narrative, when we were making this, people were pretty shocked by it. And there were there are some very difficult times for the heroes ahead, though in unexpected ways, almost strangely unexpected, even in the midst of a narrative called All at War. There are some big deaths this season, but I think they'll possibly catch people by surprise. So big deaths. Hmm. Any They say that every year. Any um predictions? Um I'm afraid maybe Father Gabriel. Yeah. Yeah, because they showed him in the preview with Negan and everything. Yeah. Possibly Tara later in the season. Yeah, I could see that. Um I think definitely Eric uh Eric. Yeah, I think De- Eric has a big old cross x on his head (laughs) i'm fearful about morgan just because of what he says in the preview i'm like oh don't say that and i don't know so i agree with all those yeah it could be all of them (laughs) yeah all right fingers crossed (laughs) (laughs) oh man letters and emails to cindy (laughs) no (laughs) okay get enough (laughs) (laughs) that's it for the news let's move on to listen bones groans groans Okay, go ahead. Uh, Mark. Oh, he should say sesos. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> zombies. Yeah, zombie brands. <laughs> um, Mark Kirkman. Hey, Mark. 
Uh, he said, great episode. I love that Alicia is becoming a huge badass in this episode. He put Carol 2.0. It seems the bromance between Troy and Nick is still there, and Nick is the older brother showing him the ways of the apocalypse. I thought that Nick and Troy were going to kiss when they were covered in blood walking through the walkers. <laughs> the show is definitely growing. Great sense, great scenes in this episode. Sad to see Ophelia go. But that was pretty much a setup from the beginning of the season. I loved the ball, the ball scene. pit scene with mm-hmm. Ophelia and the Zed. Me as well, Mark. Yep. Me as well. Yeah, it was a little homoerotic between Troy and Nick, but I, I think that it wasn't really <laughs> meant to be, you know, a no. sign of anything other than uh, like a bromance. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> I think. Uh, Christian Quaylar says, "I've been quiet long enough." This half of the season is bombing. The first half was so well done and thought out. I'm not sure what happened, but everything is so forced and rushed. Nothing feels organic in any way. Any character development is rushed and shoved into a crevasse of a story. That's very poetically put. Thank you for letting me vent. I can't wait for the season finale and for Gimple's Touch next season. Wow, I couldn't disagree with you more. Well, actually, I think <laughs> there's some parts in this season that that is true about, but yeah. um, I felt like the last two episodes, as far as character went, were were pretty damn good. But, you know, yeah. I, I think a lot of people agree with you. Christian? I don't know. Uh, Jillian Moreau says, I enjoy the majority of this episode. However, I feel like it was once again inconsistent. I still just don't understand how Alicia would rather be out on her own instead of being with family and friends. I agree with you, Jillian. I get that she's been through so much, but I still don't think I would ever want to be on my own in this world. Same. Uh, Watching her is still fun, though, and I liked seeing her meet Diane. Nick, what the fuck, man? You are doing so well. I feel like I'm missing something with that whole trippy scene, though. Uh... Oh, poor Ophelia. Of course, she died a mere 30 seconds before her dad arrived. I feel you on all of these, Jillian. Yeah, if you want to understand that scene, you should take acid. That's my my recommendation. Laura Willie Swink says, what I love about fear is that you can armchair psychoanalyze every character on this show. Nick's codependent relationship with Madison needs at least a year of sessions. They all need to be in therapy, but that's what gives the viewers so much to chew on. And though I'm enjoying the crazy nose crazy bromance of Nick and Troy, that's one toxic relationship that I think is going to end up in one of their deaths. Hopefully Troy. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, RIP Ophelia. I was heartbroken for Daniel. She was his redemption. And now I think he'll never have closure. P.S. I love what the writers were trolling the fans about Alicia selling her hair. Do you think they heard Melissa complaining about her fabulous flowing locks? <laughs> that would be awesome. I want to affect the show somehow with our podcast. Yeah, that'd be funny. Um, John Benz, I thought this was a real great build-up episode to the season finale. Losing Ophelia is a tough one. Her character has gone through so much to lead to a point of reconnection with her father and then to let go just before it happened. I think that in the end they have and will find strength in each other's past and present. In life and death, lessons always learned. Also, what's the over-under on Troy making a move on Nick at some point? <laughs> and by move, I mean a move. Wink, wink. Why did you give me all these, Jason? <laughs> I could see Troy Troy doing that. And they're both from guys. Guys wrote both of those. Yeah. 
I think they're all attracted hmm, to Troy They're all attracted to each other. <laughs> Nick and each other. Uh, Rick Montalvon says, really disliked what they did to Nick during this strange episode. I still enjoy the show overall, but I can totally see why some viewers hate it. I'll reserve overall judgment until the finale next weekend. The double finale. Yeah. Mofavo, any uh, speculation on how that child managed to die in the ball pit? Or did she become infected and decide to play there? No matter the crazy way she got there, it was a fun scene to watch. I would like it much better if she died and then ambled over to the McDonald's to go <laughs> live <Play>. out eternity <laughs> in the ball pit, her favorite place. <laughs> that would be nice. Yeah. Vinciana says, uh, this show has gotten so good. The finale is going to be crazy intense, no doubt. I think Maddie may have to whack Strand. It's been a great season. They went from a good show to season four and five of Walking Dead awesomeness. Mm, okay. Yeah, see, uh, we're a little bit all over the map here. Yeah. Oh, is it Bianca? I, I got this one before, too, and I still don't know if I'm saying I, her I would name say right. Bianca's. Bianca's? Vargas? Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Bianca's, if that's wrong. Um, She's Philippine. She's from the Philippines. Oh, okay. I didn't really understand this episode, frowny face. Maybe I should have taken what Nick and Troy took to appreciate, enjoy it. Smile, wink. (laughs) I think so. Yeah. I'm usually really high when I watch these. So no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm only high when we record. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right now. Uh, Chuck (laughs) Dufour says, sigh. Why, Nick? Why? And Doug Taylor, damn it, Nick. Sigh. (laughs) (laughs) And then last, we have a call from Emily Reeves, which I have not listened to. So here we go. Hey, guys. Emily from Arizona. Just wanted to give you a few of my thoughts about the show this evening. I thought it was equally funny and horrifying when Ophelia took a header off of that (laughs) truck. I audibly gasped. I, I was not expecting for her to really fall off the truck. I thought maybe Crazy Dog would catch her or something like that. I didn't really think she would actually uh, fall face first onto the pavement. That was crazy. Um, Also, I thought that the scenes with Nick just being high out of his mind was really good. Um, It just kind of shows how destructive, self-destructive he can be. And um, it's kind of I was kind of hoping this part of his personality would come back out at some point. And so it looks like I'm getting my wish there. And um, my favorite part of the whole episode, though, was this. Bitch, you touch my shit, I will crack you open like a coconut. (laughs) I immediately thought, this girl is awesome, and I hope she continues being... In the show, I have a feeling she will, um, just because she is that awesome. And um, I'm looking forward to seeing more of this character. So anyway, love the show, guys, and we'll talk to you later. Wow, you included a clip in your call. That's impressive. I like (laughs) it. No one's ever done that before. Showing everybody else up. Yeah, that made me like that girl a little bit more. So You didn't even know that when you picked the call? I, I th- sometimes when I know um, a caller usually has good calls, which Emily always does. I don't. Yeah. I'd rather be surprised in the moment ah, and not listen. Great. So that was that was pretty cool. Good yeah, I'm know. sure we'll I see. I might sneak in a call sometime, and <laughs> hopefully you'll randomly pick me, not knowing what I'm going to say, and then I say all kinds of stuff. I about will you and always about pick the show. you. Yeah. 
Luckily, I can edit later. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's our show, episode 282. Thanks for listening, everybody. If you want to give us a call, you can reach us at 650-485-DEAD. That's 650-485-3323. You can email us at brains at podcastica.com. And you can also send a voice message. That's what Emily just did. Uh, Go to your voice message app on your phone and record it. And you can, you know, if you don't like how it turns out, you can re-record it. And then you can email it to us and it usually sounds better than, than a call, but a call is good too. And also you can find us on the web at facebook.com slash deadcast. And be sure to check out our other shows at podcastica.com. And next week is the grand finale. It'll be me, Cindy, and uh, probably Lucy Hinney from Scotland. And I'm, I'm really Yay. looking forward to that. Yeah. Then we'll get back into Walking Dead proper. Oh. All right. That's our show. Thanks for listening. Don't, Don't get, get bit, bit. Avelino Roshino. Roshino.